0: FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is July 19th, 2022, and our first story. Several Democrats, the squad, including Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, have been arrested outside of SCOTUS protesting for abortion rights. AOC then pretended she was handcuffed, presumably for a photo op, I suppose. At the same time, Democrats are pushing a bill to pack the Supreme Court, giving Biden the opportunity to add four new justices. I doubt it'll really happen. In our next story, Joe Rogan says that Donald Trump is a drug-addled man-baby. Not exactly like that. He said Trump's on Adderall and he's like a toddler. Cenk Uygur of the Young Turk says, aha, without Rogan, Trump can't possibly win. He's actually sort of right. In our last story, Elon Musk is suing Twitter back. Maybe he will sue to stop himself from buying the platform, but many people think he's going to be buying the platform no matter what. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The Democrats are currently trying to push a bill that would add four new Supreme Court seats. This would give Joe Biden the ability to take over the Supreme Court and then create a complete Democrat government. Likely not going to happen. But it's what they're trying to do, and they are being aided by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is staging a protest outside of the Supreme Court, mostly about abortion issues. And the big news is that she may have been arrested. I say may have because we don't know for sure. Many people are are reporting that Ocasio-Cortez has been arrested. Some have said detained. Some have said escorted away. There's one photo showing a group of people just kind of standing around waiting for instructions. So I don't believe they've been arrested, though they could have been. What you got to understand about getting arrested is you don't always get handcuffed. You don't always get thrown into a car. They might come and say you've been arrested. Whether or not we process you is different. Detained is like, we're investigating something. Arrested is, we're actually convinced you did something. And then processed is, now you're going through the system to face charges for that thing you did. AOC was led away, but here's the funny part of the story. AOC pretended she was handcuffed. It's the weirdest thing. She puts her hands behind her back as she's being walked away. And people on Twitter believe she was handcuffed. She wasn't. They just picked, they just, guy had her arm and he walked with her. And then eventually she takes her arm from from behind her back and raises her fist. But well after, photos emerge showing her with her hands behind her back like she was handcuffed. This lady, I swear, it's all a photo op, isn't it? From the fist pump. To the fake hands behind your, the fake handcuffs, it's so that the photos can come out. And look at that smile on her face. Now, I'd love to get a shout out to the officer making the escort detainment or otherwise because he looks just like Siraj Hashmi. You guys know Siraj, you've had him on the show several times on IRL. And it's just, I'm sorry, when I saw the photo, I was like, it looks like Siraj is arresting AOC, which is just, what a fun and funny day. Now, here's what the Democrats are currently up to. They want to pack the Supreme Court. They want to change the rules of the game because they've lost in that in that regard. I mean, look, this country is already on a fragile setting. The last thing we need is for them to just take a sledgehammer to it. But sure, they're trying to. I'm not convinced that it'll actually happen, but that's their plan, I suppose. Now we have one group called Shutdown DC, apparently offering bounties on the locations of Supreme Court justices. And that's okay, I guess. AOC's protests are okay. It's a two-tiered justice system, my friends, because you may have heard the news last night. We talked about it on IRL. The people who were illegally inside the Capitol building associated with Stephen Colbert, well, they face no charges. Yet the people who walked in confused on January 6th, there's one 69-year-old woman with cancer getting two months because she stood inside the building. That's it. It is a two-tiered justice system. AOC is fake. This is what she does. I will show you the photo. Well, you saw in the thumbnail, probably AOC pretending that she's been handcuffed. Well, I tell you this. The American people aren't falling for it anymore. Some are, but they're starting to wake up. And it's not just because AOC poorly fakes being handcuffed or things like that. It's because it doesn't impact their lives. It's because regular people are like, dude, I need gas. Now, here's the best part. The Democrats have been losing They've been losing Latino voters. And now in Texas, a Democrat hired a blogger who referred to a Latina Republican as Miss Frijoles. No joke. He called her Miss Beans. Like literally like, wow, like uh, almost a racial slur. I mean, maybe you can call it a racial slur. It's like referencing beans to this woman. And then he also called her another. (laughs) I'll just have to read it. You know, the Democrats are just off the rails. Axios put out a report showing the Democratic Party is more white and wealthier, and the Republicans are more diverse and blue collar than either had been in the past. Amazing. But let's get started by reading this story about AOC, and I want to show you the photos of her pretending to be handcuffed. Before we get started, check it out. This is TimCast.com. Head over to TimCast.com, my friends, to support our work because we have huge news you may have heard from IRL and other, other, other segments. We have eliminated the use of PayPal for our memberships, unless you're already grandfathered in. That is to say, if you go to TimCast.com and you click sign up in the top right, you will be shown Parallel Economy. When you click become a member at, at any amount to get access to our exclusive shows, Parallel Economy, which is associated with Dan Bongino and Rumble, is the payment processor we now default to with PayPal being removed from the website. Why? PayPal censors people. PayPal has removed people for unknown reasons, and it's a huge risk. Now, we have the good majority of people who are members at TimCast use PayPal because it was a default payment processor. Parallel Economy says they oppose censorship, says they do. And you know what? That's better than PayPal. I'm not going to pretend they're perfect, but we will do what we can to build alternate ecosystems. So go to TimCast.com, support our work by becoming a member, clicking sign up, and you will not just be supporting us. You'll be supporting Parallel Economy. Outside of Silicon Valley's purview, anti-censorship payment processing. You'll be supporting Rumble, the video infrastructure we use for the website, anti-censorship video services. Support all of these companies who are saying we believe in free speech and support TimCast producing this content. And also smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this video if you like it. Here's the story, breaking multiple members of Congress, including AOC, detained over pro-abortion demonstration outside of SCOTUS. Multiple members of Congress, including AOC, have been detained by Capitol Police for blocking traffic outside the Supreme Court in a pro-abortion demonstration. Others who have reportedly been arrested or detained include Rep. Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Pressley, Andy Levin, Cory Bush, and several others. So seems we got the full squad getting uh, detained. Now, they, they could be arrested. We're not entirely sure. It is currently unclear if arrests have been made or if the protest was simply broken up. So we can see a bunch of photos and videos. Many on social media were quick to point out that it appeared Rep AOC was only pretending to be handcuffed while being escorted away from the protest. Benny Johnson says, LOL, is AOC pretending to be handcuffed? <laughs> yes. Let me show you this. So here, here's her with their hands behind her back, right? And the cops carrying her forward. And then you can see when it turns. It ain't nothing there. Let me, let me see if I can pull up this. So we've got this video. Let's jump over here. We've got another shot where you can see her with her hands behind her back. And let's see if, here's another one, Benny Johnson calling her out. There it is. A clear photograph. This is Gabe Ferris. I don't know who he is. ABC Politics. Showing a photo of AOC holding her hands behind her back. From the front, it looks like she's being arrested. Now, of course, all of the AOC stands are going to be like, she was just carrying her hands behind her back. She wasn't faking being handcuffed. Okay, well, sure. Why do it? Here's one Twitter user who said, wait, what is that our congressman AOC that is with the police handcuffed because they protested in front of the Supreme Court? Is that not allowed? I don't get it. First Amendment right. How come they are arrested? Blocking traffic. She's not handcuffed. She did it for a photo op. Now, shout out to Officer uh, Siraj Hashmi Jr. or whatever. I tweeted in response to Stephen L. Miller. Is that Siraj Hashmi arresting AOC? And then he posted a meme of himself. This is how I win. Dude, the cop right there looks just like Siraj. Anyway, a side note. Many of you probably don't know who he is. Whatever. You get the point. I've got new information coming from the the TimCast newsroom in real time saying that it appears they are being arrested. So still a little preliminary. Arrest doesn't mean charged. We will see how this plays out. And often it's, it's like a slap on the wrist. They're going to pick her up, they're going to carry her away, and they're going to be like, you've been arrested, you get a summons, they're going to say, you're excused, whatever, we don't care. But well, Let's talk about what's currently happening in this country and what this really means. AOC tells abortion advocates to escalate protests. All right, let's talk about January 6th, my friends. Uh, Jamie Raskin, a Democrat from Maryland who works, whose office is like, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes away from here who represents several of my employees, lied about me by including an image, a video of me reading a Fox News report. You probably heard me talk about it. They argue that I was calling for Trump supporters to go to D.C. on the six for a wild protest. I never told anyone to do anything. I never do. Other than like support my work and stand up for yourself, like speak up. I tell people to avoid violence. Have you seen the price of gold lately? At 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. But I don't tell people to go to go on January 6th to do anything. Oh, but that's wrong. That's me encouraging or promoting. Okay, well, let me put it this way. Even if anyone told people to go to D.C., they didn't tell them to engage in violence. Some people may have. That's not my point. My point is, if you tell someone, hey, we should protest for our rights, and then someone there gets violent, you didn't tell them to do that. You didn't incite them. AOC is telling abortion advocates to escalate protests. Ah, the double standard. They'll smear me for reading the news. AOC can overtly tell people to escalate violence. Well, they don't blame her for the person trying to literally kill Brett Kavanaugh. The Free Beacon says, Rep AOC on Friday joined protesters outside the Supreme Court to call the institution illegitimate and urge supporters into the streets to fight for abortion. Pro-life and pro-abortion activists gathered outside the court. So this was June 24th. Okay, you get my point. She actively told people to escalate. All right. Well, here's the, uh, uh, the escalation of illegal activity. Group offering bounties for Supreme Court justice locations want to shut down congressional baseball game. They don't deserve peace see, now you're bordering on the overtly illegal. Well, but, but AOC told them to do it. She's insurrecting. Look, the people who ride at the Capitol, not good people. I don't like any of that stuff. The people who bumbled their way in like idiots, slap on the wrist. How about that? But the people who worked for Colbert who did that, no charges. AOC is allowed to incite no hearings. The Republicans are pathetic. You know, maybe I'll take that back if they win. And when they do, assuming they do, they hold hearings on May 29th or they hold hearings about January 6th. I'd love to see that and show the inverse of what really happened. Mediaite reports, group offering bounties to Supreme Court justices want to shut down the congressional baseball game. They say shut down DC is, behind, is, it, is the group behind the recent protest of Justice Brett Kavanaugh, forcing him to leave a restaurant as protesters swarmed outside. They are protesting SCOTUS recent overturning of Roe v. Wade. We disrupted Brett Kavanaugh's steak dinner, and we will disrupt the congressional baseball game. The monsters tearing apart our country deserve no peace, the group tweeted this week. With enough protesters, they added, they could shut the whole thing down. If hundreds of us turn out to the congressional baseball game this month and risk arrest, there's a real chance we could shut the whole thing down. Sign up to be there. That's interesting. Telling people to engage in activities that result in arrest is incitement to illegal activity. Nothing is going to happen to these people. Let's just be honest. Shut down DC's call to disrupt the congressional baseball game comes just five years after a gunman targeted a game and shot rep Steve Scalise, as well as others, including Capitol Police Officer Crystal Greiner, lobbyist Matt Mika, and congressional aide Zach Barth. Crazy. Wow. The group's bounties offer which is a program through which they offer payments for the live locations of conservative justices, also followed a man recently being arrested outside the home of Kavanaugh. The man told police he planned on assassinating the judge in protest of his politics. So we're now getting a live update from the TimCast newsroom. Ayanna Presley's office has confirmed her arrest. So it looks like there is an arrest there. Yeah. So it looks like they were arrested. On the website linked to by Shutdown DC for their latest protest plans, they vowed to converge in mass on the congressional baseball game. So at what point will they be held accountable for the escalation? Shutdown DC said the congressional baseball game protest is to push for major climate legislation on August 5th. Well, right now what we're seeing is protests about abortion. And I think Timcast News officially has the update in real time. We have changed the language. They were arrested, according to the office of at least Ayanna Presley. So it looks like it is an official arrest. Do you expect there to be a single standard for committing crimes? No, and I'll tell you why. D.C. is full of uh, Democrat voters. A D.C. jury will not convict people who are for their side. That's how dangerous things are getting in this country. From TimCast.com. Colbert staffers arrested for unlawful entry at Capitol will not be prosecuted. This is a, a statement about the decision not to move forward with charges. U.S. Attorney's Office said they do not think they could prove guilt. Okay, then why are they prosecuting January 6th protesters? They think they can. Apparently, it's the same office that's, pro- that's, that's prosecuting. Remarkable. It's, it's, it's the Capitol complex. Of course, it's the same jurisdiction. Double standards, my friend. Which is why we come to the next big story. Something I think is substantially more relevant. House Democrats tout Bill to add four seats to the Supreme Court. This would be the destruction of this country. If the Democrats steamroll through breaking the filibuster and try and pack the court. I mean, that's it. State against state, just absolute insanity. We'll talk about abortion in in a second. Let me read this and I'll tell you the scenario for (gasps) civil war. Tim Pool said it again. I say it like every video these days. A group of House Democrats called for legislation on Monday that would add four seats to the Supreme Court, lamenting an ultra-right-wing branch that just overturned Roe v. Wade decision on abortion rights. The eight lawmakers cited recent Supreme Court decisions that rolled back Miranda rights throughout New York gun control law and allowed religion to surface in schools, as well as the Dobbs v. Jackson women's health decision that overturned the right to abortion in Roe in saying there was a need to add new justices to the court. Rep. Hank Johnson, the lead sponsor of the 2021 Judiciary Act, called the current makeup a Supreme Court at crisis with itself and with our democracy, where basic freedoms are under assault from the six to three conservative supermajority on the bench. The Supreme Court isn't susceptible to the popular vote by way of Congress, Johnson said, and has used that fact to amass power. No, it hasn't. Donald Trump won. And with the uh, with the Senate and with Trump, they confirmed three justices. So it works. If the president is a Democrat and he tries to appoint a Supreme Court justice, but the Senate is Republican, they're going to reject it. You need a synchronized Senate and presidency to bring in justices. Trump got three. Ruth Bader Ginsburg could have retired under Obama, but she didn't do it. And then it would have been five to four. In fact, when it came to overturning Roe v. Wade, it would have been five to four to keep Roe v. Wade. So let me tell you where this brings us. The Democrats are willing to gut the system for power. This is insane. Don't get me wrong. I think Republicans are likely to do something similar, but they didn't gut the system to get the Supreme Court. They won. Mitch McConnell played dirty, in a sense. You know, the Democrats are mad that Mitch McConnell wouldn't confirm uh, um, Garland to the Supreme Court when Obama uh, nominated him. And his argument was, what's the point? The Republicans are going to vote against him. So why bother having the hearing? He's not completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure several Republicans would have just voted for him anyway. Well, then, this is very much McConnell's victory when it comes to Roe v. Wade. So there's pros and there's cons. And the cons do come from the overturning of Roe v. Wade. When Texas bans abortion, here's the scenario. There's a GOP bill right now that would extend child support to women as soon as they're pregnant. There was an attempt in Louisiana, I believe it was Louisiana, to say that a fetus being aborted was homicide. Let's play that game. A woman in Texas got pulled over in the HOV lane, high occupancy vehicle, saying she was pregnant. Counts as two people. Can't have it both ways, right? Okay. A man and a woman are in a relationship in Texas. They hook up. She gets pregnant. She didn't want to be pregnant. The guy does want her to be pregnant. In fact, the guy really likes her. In fact, wants to to marry her. She doesn't want to get married to this guy. She doesn't want to have a kid. Can't get an abortion in Texas for no reason. So she decides to flee the state to Colorado. The man goes to the state and says, citing the HOV claim, maybe this precedent, this woman has kidnapped my child and seeks to murder it. Now that's where things get scary. Let's pause and take a look at a scenario involving a child born. A child is born. The next day, the woman takes the baby from the hospital without notifying the father, gets in the car and drives to another state saying outright she is going to murder that baby. She is seeking the assistance to kill it. What would happen? I mean, there would be a statewide manhunt in Colorado. Texas would offer to send police forces, investigative forces to find her. The feds would be involved. But now something interesting happens. You know, they would try and stop her and they charge her with murder if she did it. But what if she's eight, eight months, two weeks pregnant? Colorado has no restrictions on abortion. She flees. She says, we've got to get there and abort this baby. That's eight and a half weeks and totally viable before it's too late, before it's born. And then I'm a murderer. Oh, no. What happens then when that dad says, help police? She kidnapped my child who's about to be born. Stop her from killing it. She's going to kill it. Colorado says the law allows it. Texas says our law doesn't. She's a resident of Texas who fled the state to commit a crime. And they're going to say, you have no jurisdiction here. You can't come and enforce the law. Then they go to the feds. Feds do something about it. The feds say it's illegal to have an abortion in Colorado. We're not intervening. Then what? Does that man just sit back while his child gets killed in Colorado? Or does something really crazy happen? Now, look, there's a viral video of a man dropping to his knees, screaming and crying. Please don't kill my child as the woman walks into an abortion clinic. Now, that man knows she's legally allowed to do it. She's going to. But what if the law says she can't? And the man says, the law is on my side. And he wants to save his child. That's where things get crazy. Now, that is only because Roe v. Wade was overturned. If Roe v. Wade stayed intact and these states couldn't ban it outright, then when would we just get an abortion in Texas? Now, all these states were starting to pass laws regardless. And this is why I think the erosion is irrespective of what's happening with the Supreme Court. A bunch of states started enacting uh, abortion restrictions, heartbeat bills, and that's how this all came to be. It was Mississippi, I believe, where they said, you cannot restrict abortion at 11 weeks or whatever. I think it was 11. They said, yeah, we can. The lawsuit escalated, and the Supreme Court said, you know what? They can ban it outright if they want. A huge misstep. But I suppose the idea from the left was they're chipping away at the law as it is. We have to challenge it. And many people said, if you challenge us and go to the courts, you will get Roe v. Wade overturned. Initially, I didn't believe it was going to happen. And then we got the leaked ruling, and I was like, there's no way. It's just so crazy. And then it happened. I think it's possible. I think it's absolutely possible. It's not an issue for the American voter. It's an issue for the catalyst to spark conflict. What will the Texas State Troopers, Rangers, National Guard do when a man's child is kidnapped and is about to be murdered? That's crazy. That dad might just get a posse together and say, we're going to get that kid back. The law is on our side. She wasn't allowed to do it. I mean, you might be a guy in Texas thinking, I'm here because if I'm with a woman, she can't kill my child. And then she flees to do it. Now, women, of course, would say she's allowed to. Like the pro, I should say the left is going to say she's allowed to. I'm not saying it's it's not a moral judgment. It's a statement that if you have a man who rejects it and a woman who supports it and the woman tries to do it, the dude's going to try and stop her because he knows the law in Texas is on on his side and she fled the law. What happens if she does it? And now she's wanted for murder in Texas. Then what? Does Texas just say, well, she committed a murder as per our laws, but we're not going to do anything about it. I have no idea, man. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I know that if you look at our story with the swattings, the death threats and the evidence accumulated by local departments already, the feds either aren't involved at all. Like, I got to be honest with everything that's happened to us. I think there's more than enough information available to law enforcement to have stopped the swattings and the feds just haven't done it. Or maybe they did. You know, this, this is the thing. I feel like nothing's happening, but I'd feel really bad to find out they're working really hard behind the scenes to stop it. So we'll see. I have my criticisms of the feds when it comes to like garage pull ropes and that stuff. But I have seen them do some things where I'm like, well, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe we should let them do their jobs and cross our fingers. I don't know. I've met I've met people who've worked with with and for the FBI in the past. What I've been told by a lot of people in the U.S. government agencies is that it's the same thing as the real world. It's a culture war. Some people are pro-Trump. Some people aren't. And that's it. The problem is the pro-Trump people won't speak up, and thus, the anti-Trump people and the woke are doing whatever they want, even in, say, the FBI. So we'll see, I suppose. But what do the American people think? Over at Gallup, something I've shown before, but it's always fun to pop up, percentage of Americans mentioning economic issues as as the nation's most important problem, 40%. So when AOC pretends to get handcuffed in front of the Supreme Court, they're doing nothing, nothing, nothing. They're not they're they're not gaining votes. They're riling up their voters. When we take a look at the share of people who think abortion is the top issue, it is one percent in June. One, one percent of people. Democrats, what are you doing? Other than just resigning to defeat, I guess. Here's what I think. I think they know they're not going to convince anybody. So they're like, can we animate the people who already agree with us? This is how we do it. All right, well, Sure. I don't think it's going to be effective for them, but try, I guess. They got to do something. Meanwhile, you know what? You hate to see it, Democrats. What has happened? NBC News reports Miss Frijoles attack Royals Latino heavy congressional race in Texas. Wow. Democratic Rep. Vincent Gonzalez is distancing himself from a blogger he paid who is using bigoted language to describe GOP opponent Rep. Myra Flores. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, um, Myra Flores is a Republican. She won in a Democrat district. And now she's being called Miss Frijoles and a cotton-picking liar, prompting a wave of denunciations by Democrats. The language first surfaced three days after Gonzalez's campaign wrote a $1,200 check to McHale Report blog June 24th for advertising services, according to the Democrats' Federal Election Commission finance report. But the blog, which has called Miss Flores, Miss Frijoles, 21 times since then, That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Flores in a Twitter post Monday accused the Gonzalez campaign of paying a local blogger to run hateful and racist ads against me. Oh, just, oh, uh, welcome to 2022, ladies and gentlemen, where the Democrats are the party of the white elites paying people to write racist blogs against Latinos who have flipped and become Republican in places like the Rio Grande Valley and in Miami, of all places, turning a safe Democrat district in Miami to a Republican district. How in the... What? And then this dude hires a guy who calls her Miss Frijoles? What is going on? I'll tell you. Democrats have always been racist. They've always been some kind of racist. Now, there are many Democrats who weren't racist, but those people probably left. And that's what's happening. Since 2016, we've seen that the Democratic Party has become the party of the elites. Vox reported it. Now Axios is reporting it. It is a bunch of upper upper class, white, waspy racists. And so you get like the Beto O'Rourke's, uh, I'm a white Irish guy, but I call myself Beto. Okay, dude, this is what your party is doing. Amazing. Of course, the congressman is... Against referring to Rep Flores as Miss Frijoles or a cotton-picking liar, Gonzalez's campaign manager, Colin Steele, wrote in a text message to NBC News, echoing the state Democratic Party chair and other Texas Democrats who denounced the language as well. But McHale would not back down. I am a liberal Democrat and it's war against the Republican. I'm going to be merciless with her. How does it help you to refer to a Latina woman who won in a historically Democrat district as Miss Frijoles? Now I don't need a whole lot of frijoles, but I do love me some chicken fajita. I mean, just let's be real. You guys know I've been doing the keto thing, right? When you get chicken, peppers, onions, and rice and beans, I don't need a whole lot of the rice and beans, but those chicken and veggies, mm, so healthy. I think actually I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go get some frijoles after this. That sounds really good, actually. There's a there's a there's a Mexican restaurant called Mi Degollado out here in uh, the Harper's Ferry, Charlestown area, make some of the best fajitas I have ever had. No joke. It comes out sizzling hot. They put it down. Don't touch very hot. Muy caliente. That's the right word, right? Caliente. So delicious. Some of the best guacamole as well. You know, look, I actually take more offense to the insult to frijoles over the politics. Don't you disparage fried beans or black beans? No, I'm kidding. But I actually probably will go get fajitas. That sounds pretty good. But this is just amazing that the Democratic Party keeps devolving into this. So AOC wants to come out and be like this, that or otherwise. And it's like, dude, lady, this is what's happening with your party. They are losing Latino voters. But by all means, that's what you're going to do, right? Check this out from Politico. Latino Democrats vent their fury after a foreboding special election loss in Texas. Republicans picked up the district in the Rio Grande Valley just a few days, a few just a few years ago, that was giving Democrats comfortable double-digit margins. It says, vote here, aquí. OK, well, it says aquí, but it doesn't, it, 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 I guess vote is fine, like people who speak Spanish will understand what vote means, but you got to say, it's got to say vote here. What is it like, votar aquí? I don't speak Spanish. I speak enough to like buy frijoles, I guess. I wonder if this will hold up in November, this special district, because I mentioned it before that it's a, a special election is very, very esoteric. And Republicans tend to read the news. Democrats don't. So it may flip back to Democrat. That's a reality. Do what you can, uh, uh, Ms. Flores, while you can, because it may become Democrat once again, but we will see. In the meantime, the one thing that I want to point out as we wrap everything up, it's the economy, stupid. Gallup shows it's the economy. Why are you settling down on issues that are not popular? Term, uh, 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 no, like no term limit, abortion, no, like no viability restrictions. Yo, that's kind of crazy. Right now, you've got the Admiral, uh, Admiral Rachel Levine talking about sex change operations for children. That's what the Democratic Party's offering up. So let me just stress this: when your parents, when your friends, and your family say. No, Tim's wrong or crazy, and they refuse to watch, you can do one of two things. You can send them that viral video, libs of TikTok posted a while ago from Pride, where an old man in tidy whities twerks for a little girl and say, is, this is what we're, we're talking about. Do you, like, Are you okay with that? Because if you are, just let me know. Is that what Democrats want? They pretend like it's not happening. They refuse to watch the news. Fine. Show them what's happening with these articles. Don't even argue. They just show them the article and be like, it's Politico. It's showing that that the Rio Grande Valley's turned Republican. Ask them why they think it's happening. Regular people don't care about these issues. Show them the video of, I think the woman's name is Kathy Tran in Virginia, saying abortion to the day, to the point the woman is giving birth. Like literally said, the woman could be giving birth at that moment, and you could abort, abort, you know, kill the baby. That's called a partial birth, abortion. And they argue it doesn't exist when a woman in Virginia literally argued for it to happen. No restrictions. In Colorado, there's no restrictions. I don't even think the Colorado bill says after it's born, which is where things get really, really crazy. I'm a traditional liberal and former Democrat for the most part. I think it's unfair to say former Democrats. I was never a diehard. Woo, Democrats I never really cared all that much. I did vote for Obama in 08. It's funny because there's this like weird uh, like Ecuadorian or Chilean article that says I voted for Ron Paul. And I think maybe they just misconstrued what I said. Something about like the Ron Paul era got me more politically active and I supported him because he's a libertarian who said he'd leave me alone. But I voted for Barack Obama. Ron Paul was not the candidate. But so, like, yeah, I voted for Obama. Not Only the first time, anti-war stuff. And then comes around a second term and I was like, never going to happen. In 2016. So look, I used to be Where I, like the Democrats were, I guess, and then they went nuts. There is nothing, nothing that will ever get me to agree with giving children sex change surgery. Sorry, never, never gonna happen. Children? Nope. And that's where they're at. So you don't need to tweet bombastic things. You don't need, you know, you don't need to try and convince me. You've convinced me. But I wonder if that's the real issue. Democrats know they're not going to say anything that will change my mind. They know they're giving sex changes to children, and they know. Regular people, at moderates like me, don't agree with it. Jen Kuger of the Young Turks, I'm assuming he's for it because he's like, you're not a moderate, you're right wing. And I'm like, OK, so you don't you, you think that like anybody who opposes that is like right wing. So you're on the left. You must support it, I guess. I don't know what else he's talking about. But this is what the Democrats have become. So for the time being, AOC can pretend to do whatever she wants, fake being handcuffed. It's all one big grift, isn't it? next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. I love these stories about Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan's statements that make the press all the time are like Joe Rogan gets stoned and makes passive comment news at 11. The big news is that Joe Rogan called Donald Trump a man baby and said that he's on Adderall. And I'm like, I don't know if I completely disagree with Joe. I mean, Usually, I'm, uh, I try to be a little more tactful. Joe's a comedian, so he's a little more edgy, I guess. I mean, I guess we get offensive sometimes on the TimCast After Hours Uncensored show. But uh, uh, Joe's right, in essence. Donald Trump very easily gets um, slighted. You know, he takes things personally. He's very much got an ego. That doesn't mean Donald Trump was a bad president. Um, I think it was bad in a lot of ways. I think Ron DeSantis would be better in a lot of ways. But there's also this idea that Donald Trump was taking Adderall or uppers or whatever, and it's like, yeah, uh, probably. But come on, Joe Biden's taken way more. I mean, and if he's not, maybe he should be. But anyway, here's the actual story, not about Joe Rogan. It's actually about the ecosystem and whether or not Jen Yuger of The Young Turks is correct. And actually, I think he is. But hold on, let me explain. Jenk is allowed to be right when he's right, but he's not right in the right way, necessarily. He just sort of accidentally was right, kind of. OK, here's what Cenk Huger said. Fox News and Joe Rogan leaving Trump are the first signs that he is in real trouble. Without right wing media, Trump melts into a ball of orange wax. Let me just explain why Jenk is wrong before I talk about why he is right. Joe Rogan never supported Trump. Joe Rogan has not had Trump on his platform. Joe Rogan has not endorsed Trump. When did Joe Rogan's show support this man? It did not. So uh, Joe Rogan saying basically what he says all the time is not hurting Trump. Fox News, they were not pro-Trump either. They were very anti-Trump and they were kind of forced to slowly turn around. They realized their audience hated them because the audience liked Donald Trump. Let me show you a bit about what Joe Rogan said, and then I want to talk to you about why Cenk Uygur is actually right. And I have a very big announcement, I may have included in the title of this video, a very big announcement to the point of why Cenk Uygur is right. Newsweek says, a video of controversial podcast host Joe Rogan. Newsweek, come on. I just did an op-ed for Newsweek. Calling out the January 6th committee for falsely, for misrepresenting me in my statements. I was reading a news story about Trump, and they included it next to people calling for a red wedding. You're going to call Joe Rogan controversial. He is one of the most popular and prominent, if not the most popular and prominent stand-up comedians in the world. With the most popular podcast in the world, that's the opposite of controversial. It is the biggest. Everybody likes it. Some people don't. Anyway, accusing Donald Trump of being a man baby during his show on July 14th, Rogan spoke to comedian Tom Segura about Trump, his actions as president and rumors about his behavior. Ultimately, he came down and said Trump's a man baby. Even as you watch him as president, he was full of effing energy, Segura said. They say he slept like four hours a night. He was one of those people. Rogan then interrupted to say that Trump was on Adderall and asked Segura if he believed Trump was using the drug. Yes, only because there were multiple people who used to work on The Apprentice that were like, Trump was effing gassed up for shoots. This is because he has trouble reading. He would struggle to read prompter or script when he was just sober. So they would give him that and he would dial in more on the reading because he gets very bored. He would get bored at the CIA briefing in the mornings. He would go, I don't want to read that. You effing read it and tell me. They would have to make it more engaging for him because he would just tap out. The duo then began speaking about Trump's senior advisor, Kushner, and how he dealt with the president during his time in the White House. So apparently Kushner would like, he says, you have to, you have to make it in waves. Two good stories about Trump, one bad one. Otherwise, he's not going to uh, uh, listen. That is how they would tell him bad news. They couldn't just go in, go in here. Uh, they couldn't just go, here's a bunch of bad news. Of course, Rogan replied, he's a man baby. He's an effing toddler. Segura added. Now, this is Cenk Huger and the left all going like, oh, this proves that Trump's done, um, which is complete nonsense because, like I mentioned, Joe didn't support Donald Trump. But you know who did? Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, just a few names of the people of prominence who have since been purged from these platforms. Now, the question is, Without the massive support of a huge network like Infowars, can Donald Trump win again? Well, Donald Trump gained something like 12 million voters in 2020, but Joe Biden gained more. I know there's a lot of questions around the election. There's like 2000 mules. I think there's questions of rule changes, as Time Magazine called it, the shadow campaign. Now, that greatly benefited Joe Biden. These are uh, universal mail-in voting. One of the things that that's popped up uh, commonly is the post office, the postal workers issue presidential endorsements and then handle ballots. And it's like that shouldn't be the case. But anyway, I digress. I I, look, I think I think there was a lot of um, I'll just put it this way. Corruption, there were rule changes, and this allowed Biden to maximize his reach And that's like the simplest way to put it. I I believe the people who voted for Biden really did vote for him. And I think the Democrats cleared every obstacle to make sure every single one of those votes would go in for that reason. I think there are issues with universal mail-in voting. But here's my point. They nuked Trump's support in right-wing media with with people like Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, etc. And ultimately, it may have hurt Trump. Without that massive uh, media network, Trump might not be doing as well this time around. But I got to say, the news is so bad about Joe Biden. I'm not entirely sure that uh, uh, Jenk is 100 percent correct. He makes a good point, I think somewhat accidentally because he's wrong in his facts, but he's right in essence, which brings me to the major, major announcement that I'm going to make. And then we're going to talk about what's going on in this country. Dan Bongino tweets, incredibly honored to have the Tim TimCast team join us at Parallel Economy. Andy Leiterman says it's official. Timcast.com no longer supports pro censorship PayPal for new memberships. We are proudly rolling out support for censorship resistant membership payments through Parallel Economy. Right there. We don't want to get censored. We do get censored. There are things we can't talk about on YouTube, so we put them on the Timcast Uncensored Show Monday through Friday. I'm sorry, Monday through Thursday at timcast.com. And then we have the Green Room. Fridays, and that's like somebody commented about the Green Room show, which is our Friday pre-show. So here's how it works. Monday through Thursday, after the show, we record the uncensored Timcast After Hours. Friday, we have behind the scenes pre-show with varying guests. So I think we just put up like Barnes and Viva uh, Fry, and that's that's the Friday uh, pre-show. And in it, like a whole bunch of just bannable things were said or whatever, or maybe not really, but, you know, put it the line. And people are like, I loved these lines. And I was like, oh, wow, we really can't say that on YouTube. So this is what we're doing. PayPal's off the website. If you're a member at timcast.com and you use PayPal, you're fine. Your account will not change. If you want to get off PayPal for the time being, you have to like, I don't know, just re-sign up through Parallel Economy, which is now the default. Parallel Economy is affiliated with Rumble, Dan Bongino. It opposes censorship, which means we don't have to worry about these weird Silicon Valley companies coming and shutting us down. We are putting our money where our mouths are. I legitimately believe in free speech. I believe we have to support companies that will stand up. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Rumble and Parallel Economy in terms of the big vision. Maybe they enact some things we don't like in the future, but for the time being, let's put pressure on these Silicon Valley companies. This is what we are doing. When I saw Jack say, without the right wing media, Trump's going to lose. I'm like, you know what? He's got a point. He absolutely does. This is why they nuked Alex Jones. Did he really violate any rule? Look, he was calling out the machine in the establishment, but let's be real. Alex Jones says crazy stuff all the time. 5G cell towers and alien animal hybrid weird stories and five, you know, whatever. It was entertaining to a lot of people, but he was a big Trump supporter. And truth be told, Alex got a lot right, Epstein, for instance, on big things. So they had to get rid of him. They had to hobble him because he was influential. Now, people have said, Tim, you're next. Well, I don't think we're next. I think there are some shows that are next. And I think after them, then we're next. They have to get rid of the content that we produce here. So this is why at TimCast.com. We use Rumble, the Rumble player. We used to use Vimeo. We used to use Vimeo on Timcast.com. We switched to Rumble. Not only is Rumble less likely to censor us, it's possible—I really doubt it. They're also cheaper. Better business decision. Parallel economy. Not only are they less likely to, to shut us down and seize our money, they're—they're—they're they're, uh, they're cheaper. It's better business all around. So this is what I'm saying. We put our money where our mouth is. I know that they want to use the powers of Silicon Valley to destroy our ability to have a conversation. It's not just about Joe Rogan or Fox News leaving Trump. It's about the machine shutting down anyone who doesn't as well. And that's why they censor so many people. The reason why they ban those who say learn to code, the reason why censorship is such a big issue, the reason why Twitter being bought by Elon Musk was such big news, bring Trump back, give Trump the ability to speak. They take it away. They can't allow that influence. That's why I would say this. If you haven't already signed up at TimCast.com and you do want to support us, you can now support us and Dan Bongino and Parallel Economy and Rumble. It's all happening at the same time. When you sign up, not only are you allowing us to have funds to take over Times Square, for instance, to create new shows, to do TimCast IRL. It costs a lot of money to fly guests out, but we're gonna keep doing it. Hire more journalists, make better content, and push the marketing. That's what your membership allows. Plus, we've got the nonprofits in the work. It takes forever to set up nonprofits, no joke. Like years, but we've got them. It's coming soon. You're also, when you give that money at Timcast.com, it is also going to funding Parallel Economy. Parallel Economy as a processor takes a small percentage. They need more business. This is just a start for us. We use their service. This makes their business stronger. They can then continually offer expanded service to more and more people. And then one day you will wake up and you will be like, PayPal, stop censoring people. Why? Because they are bleeding users. Because anybody who wants to start a business is going to say, why should I risk you shutting down my business and freezing my accounts for my opinions when I can go to a company that is cheaper and won't do it? How do we get to that point? For one, support Parallel Economy directly. Utilize them. Hit them up. Whatever. I don't know if they're ready for a full-scale launch. We use Rumble Cloud. Support them. Use the Rumble Player. It's not just about Rumble as like a forward-facing platform like YouTube. It's about the infrastructure. We use the Rumble Player for our members-only content. We use Parallel Economy. When we, as a business, use them, they get revenue. They get support, which allows them to expand. Then I shout them out because they do right by us, and we are building the parallel economy so we will not be shut down. Because Cenk Uygur is right. When the the right-wing media is gone, Trump is in trouble. Now, what he thinks of as right-wing media, I don't care for his terminology. He comes out with this tweet right here. He said, I, I said, Joe Rogan, right-wing media made me laugh. That's all I said. And Cenk goes, are you still pretending to be left wing or moderate or whatever you're pretending to be these days? Is it now in the grifting manual that you have to pretend to not be right winger as you spew every every right wing talking point? I said, Cenk, you were wrong about my claim on January 6th and I was proven right. You need to actually come have a conversation. We'd love to have you out. But he won't do it. Why, Cenk? Come over, man. How is it that I've been on his show, I think, twice? I've, I've, I've spoken with him several times. He won't come out here and actually talk about what he thinks is true. It's mind-numbing to me. Now, I can say he runs his own company. I get it. They're going to be like Tim. Why don't you go on his show? And it's like I get it. I get it. It would be really. This is the. This this is a legitimate issue. I work 16 hours a day, Monday through Friday, and I work eight hours Saturday and Sunday. I literally can't just fly out. Um, the same is true for San. Mad respect. Um, if if like I can say to a lot of these lefties who won't come on the show. They've no reason. But, you know, Hassan's outright like, dude, I do my own show. And I'm like, I know, dude. Like, I'm not going to blame you for that. You're right. I do my own show. It's like, if Jenk was like, why don't you come out here? I'd be like, Like, I get it, man. Jenk runs a company. I run a company. Really difficult for us to just up and leave to try and make something like this happen. Maybe it needs to. The one thing we can do, I mentioned this to Hassan, is like, we'll get the trailer set up and ready to go, try and figure something out. Like, never happens. And the reality is, driving the trailer... It's like a forty-eight hour trip, hauling a mobile setup, and then flying out takes the weekend, and it is a brutal thing to fly across the country. Which is why we do most of the stuff we do on the East Coast. Austin was was a bit difficult, but not too difficult. You know, when we went to New York to make that happen, I had to. It was the event was on a Saturday. We do the show, we wrap the show Friday at like midnight because once the show ends IRL, we don't just like say that's it, everybody. You know, like we have to do other stuff. Lydia works longer than everybody else doing the editing. And then I'm there for another like half hour to an hour. Then I go to bed and I'd have to wake up at like 7 a.m. to get an early flight. So we flew uh, flew private. Flying private costs about twice as much as it would cost to fly commercial. That's the kind of thing we have to do. And we can do it because East Coast trips are short and easy. But if we were to fly to, say, Austin, it's not two times the cost. It's like four times the cost. So we just can't do it. Then we have to fly commercial or drive. And it's like, so I can respect that. All right, you get it. But anyway, let's address this. Pretend to be left wing. Yeah, I don't I don't say I'm anything. I mean, I say the political compass meme channel called me Lib Center, which is probably accurate. But when you're in a cult, when you're entrenched like Jank is, everything's right wing. Me saying something like, oh, the New York Times reported a Ukrainian court said Ukraine meddled in the 2016 election. That's a right wing talking point. It's like, yo, the New York Times said that. Spare me. Here's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about Parallel Economy. I think this is big, big news, and I'm going to be shouting it out nonstop all week. So many people have hit me up and said, I'd love to be a member at Timcast, but I ain't using PayPal, so we introduced Stripe. The thing about Stripe integration is that all this stuff is built. PayPal and Stripe are built, so it was relatively easy to implement those for memberships. There's plugins that integrate instantly. Parallel Economy is new, and they need support. We have to prove this works which means we need people to sign up at TimCast.com so that Parallel Economy starts building out their infrastructure as much as we do. We need Parallel Economy to get to the point where you open up the website, and you log right in, you log right in, just like PayPal or any other service, and it's that easy. Then all of a sudden, you're going to see people like Jank and his other leftists being like, this is hate speech, you're not allowed to say these things. And you're going to be like, what are you going to do about it? We're using infrastructure that's headquartered in Florida under Governor Ron DeSantis that has vowed not to censor us. They might. I bet they will censor some people. I'm not going to sit here and pretend everybody's perfect. But building the resilience is one of the most important things we can do. Because if we, the independent media, not just right-wing or conservative, but independent, moderate, libertarian, anti-establishment, cannot survive, cannot get the message out, then you're going to get Mitt Romney as president Ooh. or some kind of Hillary Clinton. There's other channels that have been censored that are not right wing, um, right? I think anti-media has been censored in the past. Left wing anti-establishment people who call out the war machine have been smeared by even the Southern Poverty Law Center. And, 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 and they're all welcome to use the same platforms. I see Jimmy Dore on Rumble. Jimmy's fantastic. Jimmy's a socialist. Yes, because if you oppose the machine, We good. Let's have a conversation and be honest about what's going on. But Cenk Uygur is the machine masquerading as anti-establishment. That's why he says things like this. Bro, you are welcome to come on the show. And I will call out how the segments you've made about me have all been completely wrong. Like when um, I did a segment on IRL about how conservatives tend to be more attractive than liberals. It's based on like five different studies and we pulled them up. So what happens? You get. Uh, Anna Kasparian calling me ugly and insulting me and then being like, Buddy is right. It's like, OK, why are you mad at me about me being right? You just want to hate? You had you had Jenkin Anna talking about. I said the January 6th defendants who were motioned in with the door opened can't will probably not be convicted because you can't prove trespassing. And they laughed and said I was dumb. And then one guy got completely acquitted. One guy, his charges dropped and it's only getting started, baby. Now the Colbert staff and associates. Just had uh, 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 the, the prosecutors declining to, to press charges because no one told them to leave. It's exactly what I said. That's not a left or right wing position to be like, the facts are that trespassing requires a warning before you can arrest them for it. And they weren't given one. The people fighting and rioting, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people who had the cops motion them in. That guy got acquitted. So I was right. But Jenk lives in a bubble, man. He lives in a bubble. This is why it's so important Go to TimCast.com, be a member. You're not just supporting me. You're supporting the people who work work here at TimCast, our editorial team, our shows. You're supporting Rumble. You're supporting Parallel Economy. Use Rumble. Use Parallel Economy. We are just getting started. There's more coming. There's more coming. We are working round the clock to implement tons of infrastructure changes. The reason why we are doing such a hard drive for TimCast.com memberships is because of YouTube. That's right. People are saying things like, well, if you are so concerned about censorship, why are you still using YouTube? Two reasons. One, I don't want to cede prominent battleground culture war territory like YouTube for the sake of principle. To just to be like, well, we're going to lose, but it feels good to do it. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's strategy and there's tact. And that means some things we can't say on YouTube. Fact. And we will say, go to TimCast.com. Share it with your friends because we are going to unleash the beasts. Cast Castle, our vlog show. We're turning it into a 22-minute. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a grand experiment. Comedy bits will be on YouTube that will be funny and shareable, just like how we do at Chicken City. And at TimCast, we want to do this thing, a sitcom, the A-plot, a funny joke mocking interpersonal drama and culture war issues, and the B-plot, actual vlog material behind the scenes, fun hangouts. So it mixes the real and the fake, but it makes a unique show. It's going to be at timcast.com, and we're going to be rolling out the expanded show, a full show. And that's what I was thinking like, the vlog is great. Some people like it. But if 10% of the vlog subscribers paid 10 bucks a month to watch the full, like a full show, like if it was The Office or 30 Rock, it would be sustainable and it would be a business. What we're doing now, we're never going to win the culture war. We need to beat them at their own game. So here's what I imagine In one year, someone will come to timcast.com and say, Huh, parallel economy. I will sign up, whatever that is. Parallel Economy will be a massive company. They'll be rivaling Stripe and PayPal. They'll be dominating and slow. I don't mean like the biggest, but taking market share. We will have 52 episodes of a 22-minute show with fresh jokes and circumstances and behind the scenes all in one. And people can binge watch it because it'll be funny. And we want to just have a blast. And I I, I imagine it'll be a rough round the edges to start, but we're going to get better at it. We're going to improve it. And then in five years... We're going to have millions of subscribers. We're going to have an entire massive compound producing movies, documentaries, new TV shows, and it's all going to be anti-woke. And it's all going to call out the lies. And we're going to have a news machine and investigative journalists bring it. And that happens the better we do. Many of you I know are not members at TimCast.com. Because we haven't done a good enough job to convince you you should be. That is fine by me. I will prove it. We will do it. We will get it done. And it's not just about the content. It is about the machine. I hope many of you sign up simply because we are implementing Parallel Economy. I hope many of you sign up because it will help challenge PayPal. I hope many of you sign up at Rumble and utilize Parallel Economy because that's what needs to happen. When I see the Daily Wire doing as well as they're doing, good. I want them to have a billion subscribers. I want them to own the whole market because they are pushing back on the corruption. We're going to do the same thing, and I hope more people do. Look, Jenk and all of his, his cohorts, they're welcome to come on the show and talk about all this. But you know what? Right there, it says it all. He's right. Without, without the independent media apparatus, will we ever get a Donald Trump? He was memed into office. He had support from independent media, and they're trying to take that away and you will end up with a media ecosystem dominated by people like Jenk, who don't care about the truth, who don't do research and are consistently wrong. Now, of course, people have said, Tim, remember when you thought Roe v. Wade wouldn't be overturned? Remember when you said Trump was going to win? And I'm like, yeah, my opinions on what might happen being wrong, fine. I'm wrong on a lot of my predictions. I don't care. The facts, we get right. Our assessment on the facts of what they mean may be incorrect because we're not psychics. But Jenk Huger and the Young Turks, they're literally just wrong. They're like, January 6th, those people were stepping on broken glass. Yo, I didn't even say that. I literally said the people who are fanned in by the cops who opened the doors, even AOC agrees. But they don't know. Do not let them be the dominant media player. Got a lot of work to do. Got a lot of work to do, but I'm excited for it. Thanks for hanging out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and we'll see you all then. Is it 4-D chess or is Elon Musk simply blindly blundering through a $44 billion up? Maybe it's 4-D chess. Maybe it was all part of Elon's plan to weed out the bots on Twitter. The Daily Mail reports, Elon Musk is set to countersue Twitter in an attempt to scrap $44 billion buyout and avoid possible fine, which would be a billion dollars. Billionaires' legal team wants extra time to put together a case about fake accounts on social media giant. Elon Musk is filing his own countersuit against Twitter to try and get out of his $44 billion deal to buy the social media behemoth. It's unfortunate. It's sad to hear. But it may actually still help nonetheless. While many people on the right cheered like, go Elon, because if Elon buys the platform like Babylon, B gets unsuspended. People were thinking that it was going to have a positive effect once he took over. Now we're finding out he doesn't want to take over. And the left immediately is like, ha ha, it's not happening. And my attitude is kind of like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. Some pundits have said there's no way Elon gets out of this. He's going to have to do it. And my attitude is like, there's kind of already been a net positive, right? There's already been a shock to the system, tons of pressure. So it is what it is. Obviously, I wanted Elon to buy it. And if he doesn't, you know, I'll take the 1% gain versus the 100% gain. Like, there's still some good. It's better than nothing. They say, Musk's legal team wants the Delaware Court of Chancery to grant them extra time and ability to put together a case regarding fake accounts and bots on Twitter, according to the New York Post. This comes after Twitter on Monday accused Musk of trying to slow walk the company's lawsuit to hold him to his takeover and urged a September trial to uh, to ensure deal financing remains in place, according to a court filing. Millions of Twitter shares trade publicly daily under a cloud of Musk-created doubt, the company wrote. No public company of this size and scale has ever had to bear these uncertainties. It's suggested that the longer this stays in the courts, the more it could hurt Twitter. Stock prices, uh, Twitter stock prices and the easier it would, it would make it for Musk to get a friendlier buyout price. Here's my prediction, my friends. I think Elon's going to buy it. And I think he's going to buy it at a discount. Twitter is suing. Now, this, this judge, I believe it's the, the, the chancery judge in Delaware or whatever, the uh, Delaware Court of Chancery Chancellor, sorry, not a judge, a chancellor. Uh, apparently, in the past, she's forced acquisitions. There was some company that sued, and the company said, Make them buy it. And she said, Done. And it was fast. Some people think this was a very smart move on the part of Twitter, and that Chancellor McCormick's going to be like, Dude, you agreed to buy it. Buy it. I'm done wasting time. Done. But what if Elon can't afford to buy it? Well, there is the big question. So here's what I think may end up happening the most likely, in my opinion, and and probably likely wrong. But here's what I think. I think there's a great probability that Twitter will demand a sale, that the judge will say, make the sale, and Elon will be like, we can only do it at 35. And then Twitter's going to be like, fine. Right now, the stock price is getting beaten down. And so they might just be like, we will take what we can get for it to wash our hands of it. 40 chess. I mean, seriously, look, I'm not entirely convinced of the case, but there's a strong case that Elon Musk is just shaking it up so hard that it's forcing people to sell. Now, I'll be pissed. I have some shares, you know, um, they're they're down. I'm down on, on the shares that I bought thinking, you know, I, I think I had some before or I, I can't remember if I bought before or after Elon announced he was going to buy. But imagine this, people buy shares like, oh, Elon's going to buy it. This is great. I'll have shares. And then he tanks it with this strategy to save himself some money. He's basically just putting your money in his pocket. But, you know, honestly, I don't have that many. I like 20. So I don't really care. I would prefer Elon buy this platform because we need to fight back, fight the censorship. And we need Elon to help make that happen. Now, he's backing out. Maybe. Before we move on, though, with talking about the expedited trial and what's going to happen, I'm going to shout out TimCast.com because it's part of the big announcement I'm going to be doing all week. When you go to TimCast.com and you become a member to support our work, you will see that Parallel Economy has replaced PayPal. No more PayPal. If you're a member of the website and you use PayPal, you're fine. You're grandfathered in. It will keep going. You don't got to worry about it. If you want to support Parallel Economy, a, an anti-censorship a platform for payment processing, Sign up using Parallel Economy. Sign up right now to support our work. I would really, really appreciate it. We all do. And I'll put it this way. Don't sign up to to TimGuest.com if you don't like the shows we're making. If you don't think we deserve it. If you think the mission is important in building an economy separate from Silicon Valley. If that's all you care about and you're willing to sign up, I ask you to do so. If you like the content we make and you like the the, uh, Parallel Economy, definitely sign up. And if you're an existing member Stripe is fine. I actually kind of like Stripe. I do. But I like Parallel Economy way more than than all of them. And I like the idea that they're better in terms of the cost and they're better in terms of censorship. And we need to do what we can to support companies that utilize Parallel Economy and Parallel Economy so that PayPal loses market share. So these companies that are woke and want to ban people lose market share. This is one way to do it. Timcast.com. Click the sign up button. Join us. It's all part of the same story. Elon Musk buying Twitter. Why is it so important? Because the Babylon Bee got shut down. Now, here's a funny thing. Elon Musk is the founder of PayPal, and PayPal's garbage. So I don't completely trust Elon Musk. And I'll put it this way. PayPal's not so bad in a certain light. It's convenient. It works. But yo, it seems like they need to update their website. Stripe is way better. And they've got a political problem. So the issue for me is that PayPal just dominates the space, and they're not that good. Parallel Economy actually has a really great back-end system. It's it's actually really fantastic. Stripe also has one that's really, really great. But, you know, Stripe is still pretty big Silicon Valley. I want to support these companies. I wanted Elon to buy Twitter because I want to see the cabal of Silicon Valley start to break apart. They're going to say, Musk, who is the world's richest person and chief executive of the electric car maker, accused San Francisco-based Twitter of rushing the trial to obscure the truth about spam accounts, and to railroad him into buying the company. The first hearing in Twitter's original lawsuit will take place Tuesday in front of the Delaware Court of Chancery. McCormick will likely rule on Twitter's request for an expedited trial. According to the Post, Twitter's lawyers want the trial to start in September, while Musk's team wants to start no earlier than February 2023. Musk's countersuit will also be heard by Chancellor McCormick. On July 8th, Musk said, He was terminating the deal because Twitter violated the agreement by failing to respond to requests for information regarding fake or spam accounts on the platform, which is fundamental to its business performance. The billionaire appeared to respond to the suit in a tweet on Tuesday evening, writing, oh, the irony. He seemed to be referring to the fact that he was initially aggressive in pursuing the deal over skepticism from Twitter's board roles that have now reversed. It's fascinating, isn't it? Here's what I think. I think the lawsuit's bad for Twitter no matter what. And I think, I think Elon forced their hand. I don't know if it was on purpose. Elon may be just bumbling around, but here's, here's what's happened so far. Twitter didn't want to sell. Vijaya got a cried. She cried when, when, when she found out Elon was buying the platform. Now, some crazy stuff happened behind the scenes. F- followers were dropping for the left and rising for the right. And then Elon goes, uh, you know, maybe I don't want to buy it. Chaos for Twitter. Chaos. When they go to trial, Elon's going to be able to request documents. And say, present this information to the court on these issues. Elon should be able to request information on their bots. And they might argue, we're not gonna release that publicly. And the court's gonna be like, well, how is he supposed to make the assessment if you're not revealing this stuff? It's fascinating. You got lawyers on the left being like, he waived due diligence, and lawyers on the right being like, that doesn't matter. You can't withhold information. So we will see. We will see, and I would like to see. Elon actually buy the platform. Twitter's lawsuit argues, having mounted a public spectacle to put Twitter in play and having proposed and then signed a seller-friendly merger agreement, Musk apparently believes that he, unlike every other party subject to Delaware contract law, is free to change his mind, trash the company, disrupt its operations, destroy stockholder value, and walk away. Twitter's general counsel, Sean Edgit, informed staff of the lawsuit in a company-wide memo on Tuesday afternoon. We have also filed a motion for an expedited trial alongside the complaint, asking for the case to be heard in September, as it is critically important for this matter to be resolved quickly, Adgit wrote in the memo. Or maybe he doesn't want Elon to be able to publish the bot information. Oh, this is going to be fascinating. It goes to trial. Elon says publish the information on bots. Twitter's stock price implodes. When people find out this platform is uh, garbage. There's something else to consider, though. Why Elon Musk may not want to be buying the platform. Did Elon anticipate? It's not just about the U.S. Every single country for which Twitter operates in has crazy rules, rules they will not allow Elon to to uh, implement free speech in China. Yeah, right. It's not going to happen. Free speech in Germany. Please hate speech laws are in place. So Elon may want to make these changes. And then he realizes the only market I can probably impact is the U.S. And that's not going to make me any money. And then he realized, wow, all you can really do is work at the behest of the governments and authoritarian regimes. He can fix it in the US. We'll see how much money he makes off that. Honestly, I'm not entirely convinced he would be. In fact, if he doesn't, other countries might pull out. And this is the issue people need to understand about Twitter. Twitter told me that they implement these rules for our global platform. Yeah, it may be that Germany is like, if you allow these things, we won't allow you in our country. And so Twitter then says, "Okay, we'll limit everything in your country to just your country, and that cuts off the U.S. from the rest. Or they say, we don't care if it's in our country or not. You're allowing it on the platform, period. We won't allow it. You're going to lose 30 to 60 million users unless you ban these words. And then Twitter says, fine, because it's the compromise. They know the woke like it. They'll ban the conservatives. But think about it this way. If there are 100 million conservatives in this country that they could potentially get, but a billion people around the world they could get. If they ban the conservatives, they're going to go for the billion. I don't know if Elon could actually solve this in the way he wants to, and maybe that's why he's taking the action that he is taking. They say, at this point, we anticipate the next step in the process will be for the court to set a schedule for the case. The lawsuit was widely anticipated, uh, was it was a widely anticipated step after Musk last week announced his intent to pull out of the merger agreement with specified penalties for backing out of the deal. Those penalties included a one billion dollar breakup fee. Now, now look, I, I, there's, here's the reason why I think Elon's playing games. Elon knew a recession was coming. He knew there were bots, and Twitter is an effective means of communication for right now when it comes to space travel. Short bursts of information, a text publicly available, Twitter's the way to do it. You send people to Mars. What are you going to do? Have a long phone call transmitted with a 20 minute delay, or a, a tweet shows up 20 minutes later. Boom, there it is. Someone's like, I'm on Mars. I ate a potato. He's talked about that, and that may be why he wants Twitter. He's also got this other company. It's called like, you know, X or something where he wants Twitter to be a part of, which it sounds like it's all or I think X.com or something. I don't, I don't know. I think that was the name of like PayPal initially. I think I think Elon has some kind of plan, but we'll see. But my friends, I can only speak about censorship for so long because even if Elon was to save the day, what happens when Elon moves on? Elon is an old man, 51. Well, old enough. He's got a good 20 years left, maybe 25. What do we do without Elon Musk? Fear not, my friends. I have good news. Elon Musk's dad, this is this is really amazing stuff. Elon Musk's dad, Errol, has been asked to donate sperm to create a new generation of Elons. Elon Musk's 76-year-old father has claimed he's been offered to donate sperm by an unnamed company to create a new generation of Elons. How absolutely bonkers. That's kidding, by the way. I'm not worried about Elon passing on. I don't think he's that great. You know what I mean? It's like, I think Elon is great. I think SpaceX is awesome. I think I want him to buy Twitter. I like all that. I'm saying I don't think he's so great that we need his father to procreate endlessly and share his DNA to create more Elons. Elon has a brother. He's also done great work. But here's the story nonetheless. Errol Musk, 76, previously said in an interview with the U.S. Sun that he welcomed a second child, now three, with his stepdaughter, Jana uh, Bezudenhut, 34, absolutely amazing, by the way. In 2018, it was revealed that he had welcomed now his uh, now five-year-old son, Elliot Rush, nicknamed Rushy, with Jaina, who was 42 years his junior, and he had raised since she was four. Yikes. Now the Tesla CEO's father claims he has been offered the chance to donate his sperm by an unnamed South American company. I got a company in Colombia who want me to donate sperm to impregnate high-class Colombian women because they say, why go to Elon when they can go to the actual person who created Elon Okay, let me just say first and foremost, Elon is not but a piece of Errol. He is the combination of Errol and Elon's mother. There's two people involved. Elon is the DNA you want. In fact, if you really want Elon's, you need to ask his mom and dad to make a bunch more babies, not just take his dad. You also need his mom's eggs, but she's probably too old and maybe doesn't got any left. So they're going to the dead. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work out. While he said he has not been offered payment for his services— Okay. Errol added that he could receive other perks if he agrees to be a donor. They haven't offered me any money, but they have offered me first-class travel and five-star hotel accommodation and all that sort of stuff. When asked if he would give his sperm away instead of charging for it, he said, well, why not? As the U.S. Sun previously reported, Errol has openly stated he is keen to have more kids and believes the only thing we are on this earth for is to reproduce, say something Elon Musk apparently agrees with. If I could have another child, I would. I can't see any reason not to. If I had thought about it then, Elon or Kimball wouldn't exist. Errol was married to Jaina's mother, Heidi, for 18 years, and they had daughters Rose and Alexander together. He had, three, his, he had his three eldest children, Elon, Kimball, and Tosca, with his first wife, May Musk. Errol has told the U.S. Sun his pur- purported second child with Jaina was unplanned, but that he was living with her after the birth of his son. I haven't checked the DNA, but she looks just like my other daughters. She looks like Rose and Tosca mixed up. She looks exactly like Rushy, and she behaves like him, so it's pretty obvious, you know. He added, she wasn't planned, but I mean, we were living together. She, uh, Jaina, stayed here for about 18 months after Rushy was born. Okay, 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 all right. Yeah, I don't know. Errol Musk banging his stepdaughter, who he raised until she was four, is just downright creepy. But of course, they're trying to smear Elon over that. That has nothing to do with Elon. You can't blame the child for the sins of the father. Sorry. What Errol did is kind of crazy, in my opinion. But um, I don't know. What else can you say about it? Maybe there will be a new generation of Elons emerging in Colombia. And they will uh, have space travel and who knows what else. The other big tabloid news with Elon is him being shirtless on the beach, which um, um, I'm not going to pull the pictures up. It's just so stupid. So let me just tell you, we've got very serious problems affecting this country. It's political. It's cultural. It is very serious. We need to address them. Elon Musk has entered the fray. You know, PayPal is a player in all of this as well, as I mentioned, with our moves to parallel economy. And that's, and that's Elon. Elon's been shockingly influential on this world. And so, of course, because of that, the media is going to talk about Elon not wearing a shirt. I don't care if he's not wearing a shirt. People go swimming all the time and don't wear shirts. How is this news? They're going to talk about the uh, uh, eccentricities, I suppose, of the father, Errol, and the creepiness of it. Fine, I don't care. These are the stories that are popping up on the Daily Mail and other websites about Elon, his family, and it's like what we saw with Alex Stein and Big Booty Latina, right, that story? The bigger story was that AOC said... That one six was basically an inside job that people open the doors from the inside and she wants to know who did. And I'm like, okay, she's referring to police. I agree. Instead, every single story was like big booty latina. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. I don't care about that. And right now, this is the news that matters. What will the future of our culture be? Will Elon Musk actually buy Twitter or is he just screwing around and screwing up? If we do not get a handle on censorship, if we do not restore the right to speech, this country does not function as a republic. Powerful interests have been taking over these companies, seizing culture and causing very real problems. So what can we do? We should not be sitting back and relying on people like Elon Musk. You should not be sitting back and relying on people like me. You should be taking action yourself and doing what you can to try and solve the problem. Now. By all means, support Elon Musk. I agree with that. Buy Teslas or whatever if you can afford to. Support his moves because he seems to be doing better than many people. Here's a guy who believes people should have more kids. The world's not overpopulated. And he wants people to be free to a certain degree. I can respect that. Timcast.com. We want to fact check. We want you to make decisions for yourself. Support the networks you like, be it Timcast or the Daily Wire. Give Elon Musk your moral support. I don't think he needs your money. Or, you know, buy his cars if you can afford it. What you need to do is speak up first and foremost. Stand up first and foremost. And stop giving your money to people who hate you. But I believe in being reasonable. And I don't believe it's reasonable to tell everybody cancel Netflix, cancel Discovery, cancel Disney, because people like those shows. That's why I decided at TimCast we're going to go for making streaming shows. Tales from the Inverted World. What was the real path having a free show on YouTube? hoping that we'd sell sell ads. And I'm like, let's fight on the same front. Let's start making shows. And instead of just being like, don't watch them, watch us, I can be like, how about this? Watch whoever you want to watch. And I will prove to you we will be better. We will make better shows. We will make funny shows. We will make scary shows. We will make interesting documentaries. We will launch comedy specials. And we will challenge that machine. And we'll make it so that people leave Disney because they've decided TimCast is better. So that's all that matters to me. No words. Now, many of you may be all about the mission. And so you've decided to support TimCast.com just so that we can try. I respect it. But I, I believe that out of the 60 plus million people who watch our videos every month, we don't have that many. If 10% of those people just signed up to watch our content, we'd be bigger than all of these networks. I wouldn't even know what to do. I gotta be honest, I'd probably freak out. Where we're at right now, I can handle it, and it's getting really difficult. If we had 10% of our viewers as members, we'd be one of the biggest streaming platforms in the world, I believe. I believe we're we, way bigger than many of them. I think, what, do they have, like, 2 or 3 million a piece. these other companies? So they're getting, like, 30 to 40 million bucks a month. Daily Wire is getting, like, a million bucks a month off their subscribers. We need to get there. But we're not going to just tell you to give us money for no reason. We're going to prove it. Now, Elon Musk is doing his thing with Twitter, but Truth Social exists too. create a space that is valuable for people. So you don't need to tell them, join us for the sake of the principle of it. No, no, no. Join the platform that works for you. And Truth Social's got great engagement. Parallel Economy, we signed up with the payment process that works for us. It works. It is, it's better than PayPal. We have more guarantees. We don't want to get censored. So that's what we got to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to prove it. And then one day, there's going to be some guy who says, I don't care about the culture war. All I know is cast Castle's funny, and I want to watch it. That's how we win. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.